Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, we're back, we're black, we're brown ambition. <laughs> hey, Mandra. Hey, Miss Tiffany. I think that brown ambition is reaching just, just a myriad of amazing people. Honestly, so one of my friends, Alex Hardy. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex. He posted the... Um, the uh, what was that thing I was talking about last week? The uh, Genius Zone. Right, the zone of excellence, right? Zone of genius. Meanwhile, I should know. But right, we called was... it the zone of excellence the entire <laughs> show last week. Zone of genius. Okay. I don't remember. Yes, but he posted it and he got it right. Um, but I just thought that it was so great because he was just sharing how helpful it was. And he shared on his um, his uh, socials and people were like, oh my gosh, this is so great. So I just thought that that, that was really awesome, that we're really just helping people. And I love the fact that Callie, who edits our show... Hey, Kelly. Puts a lot of that in our show notes. So if you hear us talk about something really interesting, you'll be able to find those links to those things in the show notes largely. So I just think that Brown Ambition's out here kicking butt and taking names. Oh, and someone messaged me and said, girl, I too grew up saying Coochie Crunch. Nah. And yes, I'm saying Coochie it again. It's literally, it just means tight in tight quarters. And she was <laughs> I need this definition. I, I had never heard of this before. Okay, and just be like, okay, so um, me and my best friend, we hang out all the time. You know, we're like, you know, well, hmm, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I just use it when it's, you're supposed to use it. It just means like you're, it just means in tight proximity. So it can mean figuratively or literally in tight proximity. That's what that means. Loving the so urban we're coochie dictionary. Crunch. Like, oh, we're best friends. Girl, we all coochie crunch. We best friends. So at the time, you know, saying it in third grade, I'm sure I didn't realize <laughs> how I must have sounded. But I don't know the origins of such saying. But I do know that where I grew up, there was something that we said. And it wasn't it wasn't a bad word. At least not the one that I knew of. But it was hilarious that someone else DM'd me. It was like, girl, she said she howled when she heard it. It was like, I grew up saying that too. So... Yeah, so Brown Ambition is out here changing lives and reminding people of their um, their um, non-traditional upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. And honestly, thank you. I don't know if that was a pep talk, but it made me feel a lot better. <laughs> so, coochie crunch. All right. <laughs> well, listen, this, like I said, it's been rough. Um, but the one, the one shining light, I think, for both of us has been the podcast, right, over the past five months of quarantine. This show has given us life and our listenership is up. And I just want to say hello and thank you to all of our new listeners. And also, we don't usually do this, but 
we, we want to ask you for something. Could you guys help support the show by sharing it with a friend, posting it on social, or even going to iTunes and leaving a comment and a star rating? That would be amazing. Oh, man, does it sound bitchy? No, it no, it's meaning like what? Oh, wait, I'm just doing it now. I'm apologizing for asking for <laughs> Ask. a thing and I shouldn't do that, right? Yeah, that was a drama triangle. So you're you're worried about per- being perceived as the um oh, not the predator. It's um it starts with the P. It's the pros- persecutor. persecutor. So it's like ah, people are gonna perceive me as someone who's like ah. But no, we're just basically asking. Can you share this podcast with folks, please? You're right. It is not too much to ask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, let's be specific. Okay, so what are we asking you guys for? If yes. you want to share on social, mm-hmm. why don't you take a screenshot of the show? Or you can even now with the iPhones, you can record a video of your mm-hmm. what you're viewing on your phone. So you, a lot of people have been taking little snippets of our show that they like, little nuggets, little quotes, and they have been creating sound yes. bites and posting those on Insta. That's a good idea. Even just a screenshot, share it on Insta, on Facebook, or just tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, and especially if you want to mm-hmm. help us rise in the rankings on the all-important iTunes, leaving us a comment and leaving a rating on our show. I think we're, we usually are like a 4.85 star rating. I mean, that is amazing. Thank you, guys. Just any little extra nudge you can give us is great. Yes. So I just, yeah, we're just going to ask that. And we're going to ask that every show because we're just like, you know, I feel like we we show up, we show out, and we would love for the people that you care about. If you love our show, I'm sure they would love it too. So yeah, tag us, share, definitely tag us, Brown Ambition Podcast on IG. I am the budgetista. Mandy is Mandy with an I, money. Bless you, child. Um, yeah. I love when you tag because then I always re, re, um, reshare it. And so it just gives me a little smiley. So yeah. Well, thank y'all. So how have you been since last week, since I, we spoke last? You know what? Let me be honest. I think I've told y'all about the fact that my husband is now going into the office two days a week and it has really changed. Well, it's changed, you know, two days a week. I know I'm not going to have help and it's been a few weeks now or maybe it's been two or three. I don't know. All concept of time has like gone out the window, but I do feel like I'm doing okay. That being said, clearly I am more tired on those days And I'm not going to lie, I'm a little jealous. Like I'm going back to those days of maternity leave when my husband, you know, he only had six weeks off for parental leave. So he had to go back to work and I was home six weeks in alone. I didn't have any help because I was stubborn and proud and all those things that you know you shouldn't be. But what are you going to do with your, you know, postpartum anxiety brain? But um, I so I am a little jealous. I mean, I think about him on the train, those like 40 minutes he gets to think whatever he wants to think uninterrupted like that just sounds great (laughs) it sounds like a dream in general though yeah I'm coping what I've tried to do with my schedule is stack most meetings and schedule focus time for myself like I actually found out through the outlook our our company uses outlook that you can you can create a calendar and you can uh, activate this tool that actually finds one to two hours of focus time on your calendar and it will schedule um, focus time. So when I look at my calendar, no one can no one can book a meeting during that time. And I know every day my handy dandy I don't know what do you call it, an algorithm an, an AI a bot my 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 mail bot has carved out time for my schedule, which has helped. That being said, you know I continue to be so grateful for the flexibility that my colleagues have offered me. The fact that 
I don't have to worry about having a baby in the background and I can reschedule things. And I have, and I hope a lot of you guys are out there now have gotten used to asking for that flexibility and not, and you know, you don't feel guilty about it. There's nothing like I, I'm only going to stress myself out and get burnt out and not be able to, with the time that I do have to devote to work, not bring my full best self to work if I do not take charge of my schedule and make it work for me. And yeah, I'm grateful for that. And as far as I'm concerned, will we continue without childcare for the time being? Yes. I will say though, I'm I'm grateful that my company's offered a little uh, a little bit of a stipend that I could possibly use for babysitting um, or some childcare. I, I just don't know if mentally I'm ready to have someone in the house holding my child. <laughs> but yeah, we're hanging in there. And to any parents, if you guys are listening to the show, what are you guys doing for childcare? What are you doing about school? You know, school starting in the fall. We'd love to hear from you guys. Hit us up, um, share your stories, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com, or you know, you can always find us on Instagram at brownambition, at brownambitionpodcast on the gram. I can't even imagine. I saw um, Farnoosh, one of our financial faves, talk about like school and she reached, she recently moved to Jersey and she's almost a neighbor. I mean, she doesn't live in Newark, but I'm just saying like where she lives is not, it's not, I mean, Jersey's like, you know, relatively not that big. So anyway, hey, Noosh. Hey, Monica. And she was talking about that, that, you know, they're trying to debate, like, I, I think she decided that they're not going to send their kids back to school. And she knows that everyone doesn't have the ability to do so. And like, what do you do? It's just such a crazy time because I'm, you know, Supergirl is uh, 13 and she is supposed to go to high school. What does that look like? Um, and so it's her first year and she's excited. And it's like, is that even going to happen? I I honestly don't know. Um, it's it's easier for my um, my nieces and my nephew because they're so little. They're all under the age of four. So one more year home is not a biggie because, you know, kindergarten is something that if you don't, you know, if you don't make it, you know, if you don't go to kindergarten, you'll, you can still be fine for first grade. Um, so, yeah, it's just... <sighs> just figuring out, like watching the parents in my life figure that out. I can't even imagine the level of stress and worry. Um, so, Well, we are here for you guys and alongside you guys. And Tiff, you're right. I mean, a teenager, like the, the older kids are the ones who are really suffering. Um, well, if you guys are out there, if you have any, like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing about summer care? Uh, do you, it's crazy that most of the country, it feels like schools have not even made an announcement about what the school year is going to look like. And that's coming up. So if you've got stories, again, hit us up, brownambition at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Instagram. We are at brownambitionpodcast on the gram. But anyway, what's happening in your world, Tiff? Catch me up. Well, I did like a grown-up thing like this week. I um, increased my um, life insurance for both my personal. But did you always also know that like I were meeting with, so for the business, we were like, okay, we are not covered enough because the business is doing better. So you're always wanting to make sure that you have enough insurance um, just in case for, for the business. And something came up that perhaps me, you know, a, a two of my businesses have a business partner. And um, just figuring out, should we have life insurance on each other? Because we both play a pivotal role in the business. So I never thought about that. So we met with our agent today. Shout out to you, David Moore. So we, I think we're going to go through with it. And I was actually surprised at the cost. It wasn't as costly as I thought. So I'll give you guys a, like a, for $3 million um, for me for, I think he said it was like 
20 years. So that means you're locking that rate for 20 years. It was like $1,600 a month, not a month, a year. So that's not bad at all, right? $1,600. So what is that? Like not uh, a little over a hundred bucks a month um, to get $3 million for the year. So it was actually more, I guess I was thinking, I don't know that it was going to be significantly more. Um, so we're just looking into that because, so if I were not to be here, that income. So one of the main reasons why you would have life insurance on your business partner is that it would help if you're going to um, buy out their interest. So let's just say I'm not here. My business partner is not trying to be in business with my husband. So um, having, you know, depending on how much we decide, um, having insurance on me means that like once once that money is, you know, received, he can potentially say, hey, you know, I had the company audited or whatever, and this is how much it's worth, and this is how much Tiffany's Tiffany's uh, percentage is worth. I want to buy you out, um, and here's the money to do so. So I just like, you know, if you have businesses, these are things you think about. You're like, wow. And something that I did like is, let's just say, I don't know, we go, go about our business, and we decide later that we sell the business in 10 years, and dun, 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 both of us are still alive. What's so great is that we can then change the beneficiaries on our insurance policy. So it doesn't like go to waste. Like, oh, well, I don't want that. I no longer have the business and my business partner is the beneficiary for this for this insurance policy when we're no longer business partners. So it's just something I never thought about before. And now that we're doing, I'm like, huh, I feel so grown up, especially since um, Superman and I increased our life insurance uh, uh, policies, um, like personally. So it was my, my Angelie, who's my financial planner, that was like, you know, also look at your business and and make sure that you are fully insured there. Sometimes insurance, you think it's going to cost so much. Like I remember when Angelie first met my husband and I, she was like, you don't have enough of an umbrella policy or enough of a, you're underinsured. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? She's like, I would suggest you get a million dollar umbrella policy. I was like, oh boy, how much is that going to cost? It was like $400 for the year. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, okay. So, you know... Sometimes we're afraid of insurance because we think it's going to be so costly, but sitting down with someone to talk about it is, you know, worst thing you can hear is, I mean, worst case, you know, maybe it's something you can't afford right now, but it might be more affordable than you think and really save you a ton of money in the long run. I love saving money. And when it comes to shopping for life insurance policy, what's that site you always mention? Policy Genius. I love Policy Genius. Policy Genius, mm-hmm. right. So that was one of the ones that I used when I was shopping for life insurance policy. And also you have Quote Wizard, you have Value Penguin. There are plenty of options out there um, to help you compare the costs and really know that you're getting the best deal possible because they can vary widely. I mean, there's so many factors that go into policy differences. But Tiff, you know what I love about doing this show with you is you have the same effect on me as when I see like the Kardashians on Instagram or my friends who are traveling and rocking the latest clothes and having fabulous lives. Like you make me jealous of your life insurance policy. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, shit, I need to get my stuff together and get my life insurance together. I still don't have insurance. Really? Still don't have life insurance. No, Um, it was one of my my first to-dos after I had the kiddo, the baby. And I waited until about February, March when the fog had finally lifted and I could, you know, look at it, look at different policies. And then COVID hit and it's been hard to book an appointment. And then when I finally had one booked, um, it was canceled last minute and I haven't had a chance to read. I just need to, I think I need to just start from scratch and start again. 
You can still, so the good thing is, so because of COVID, it actually is like a great time that to hmm. get a policy. Mm-hmm. So Angeli told me, she said, Angeli was like, this is a great time because a lot of people are like, I'm not coming out. Now, it all depends on the company. So for example, my business policy, they're like, we're coming out. But for the personal policy, the insurance company was like, no, we're not coming out. We'll just have a, we'll have a, a call where, you know, they ask all your business. So I was like, hoo hoo. So it actually, if you're interested in life insurance, um, you know, now might be a really great time because there's a lot, there, there's a possibility that they don't actually come out to see you. And um, yeah, so I definitely would look into it now. Okay. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think too, my hangup was about cost. And I don't know why I didn't just think of it the same way I thought about health insurance. When I was talking to my financial advisor a couple of years ago, she was trying to help me shop for policies. And she was like, yeah, it's going to cost 100 whatever per month for this or that. And I'm like, wait, I'm going to spend money monthly. But like, what if I don't die? that just waste all that money that I spend? And she's like, yeah, Mandy, that is how <laughs> life insurance works. It's how any insurance works. You pay so that you're prepared for the worst, but yeah, you hope that the worst yes. doesn't happen, but yeah, you got to pay. My pet is insured. Like, why don't I have a life insurance policy? This is yes. insane. I've got to do it. You know what it is? It starts with an M and it's called marketing. The life insurance company people have done an amazing job of tricking you into thinking that life insurance is an investment. It is not. It's insurance. It is a risk management tool. So you don't say to yourself, oh my God, my my cat didn't die. What happens to my pet insurance? You're, you rejoice that your fur baby is still here. Yeah. At this point, I value Molly's life more than my own, I guess. <laughs> oh, Molly. <laughs> but no... I think that people need to understand that there's like, you know, there's term and then there's permanent. So typically when you hear permanent, you're thinking like whole life or universal. And so I asked Anjali, um, is term, is per, um, is permanent or universal, you know, ever a good idea? That's the insurance policy where there's like cash value and people tell you you can borrow against it and yada, yada, yada. And that's the one where it's like, it's an investment. And I said, is that ever really a good idea? She said, honestly, for like 99 point nine percent of people it's net term i mean um term is the best way to go she's like unless you're extremely 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 wealthy then you have so much excess money that you have to stash it somewhere that's where whole life and and universal so permanent policies might make sense um but she was like literally for 99.99 like percent of people they just don't make sense it's it's a loss of money over time she so i actually what i did was um I said, well, let me see. So I, I think I had, po- I, I went to Policy Genius to check like prices, and you can do this to see. So I typed in like thirty-year-old um, healthy woman for a um, million-dollar policy for, for um, term, and um, and I did a thirty-year policy, thirty-year term policy. So meaning like for thirty years, you pay the same amount of money; it's locked in. And I want to say it was like, I don't even know. Maybe it was like. Uh, uh, 40 bucks a month. Yes, it was $43 a month. That's how much for a million dollar policy locked in for 30 years. Now that same 30 year old, if they wanted to get a whole life policy for a million dollars, it was going to cost them $760,000 a month. Or $760. I meant $760. That's what I meant. But isn't that crazy? The difference of like $690. So almost $700 difference. Like that's, you know, that's crazy. And so instead you can get your term Get your term for 30 years, and then that excess money that you would think that you would put into whole life to, to I guess, in quote-unquote invest, you can actually invest. So yeah, honestly, 
there are those who are like whole life champions, but truthfully, just after like speaking to a bunch of reputable financial advisors and planners, whole life is honestly not, it's not a, a choice that fits for most people, um, meaning literally like everybody, <laughs> except for the uber, uber, uber wealthy. So if you are looking for insurance, term is likely your best um, bet getting enough insurance that if you have children, that would cover um, them into adulthood. Because ultimately, insurance is supposed to be um, the money that would be shared with the folks that you would be taking care of, taking care that you're currently taking care of. So like, for example, um, if you had a baby and you're like, okay, I'm going to get a term policy for 30 years, because if something happened to me, I know that up until this child is 30, um, the income that I currently have will be able to support my child when I'm no longer here. And the rule of thumb that Angelie shared with me is that for the most part, you think about your annual salary and you multiply that times 10. So it's enough for 10 years of you not being here that the family that you take care of will be able to still continue with as if your income never went away. So if you make $100,000 a year, you would be looking for a million dollar um, policy. So yeah, so I think that, um, yeah, I know life insurance is not a fun thing to talk about, but it's really an important component of your financial life. And we should all have insurance if it makes sense. If you're taking care of people and they depend on your income, or if you would leave behind a significant amount of debt that would need to be taken care of, then life insurance um, is likely an option you should look into. I love that we just turned this into the life insurance episode again. <laughs> There's not a more important topic, so... Hope you guys found this helpful. But let's switch gears a little bit because I wanted to talk about what is happening with the next round of stimulus payments. Are they coming? What's happening with unemployment benefits? So I'm going to catch y'all up. Do it, do it, do it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, like me up. Hype man, hype man. Yeah, so what's happening is, I mean, it actually sounds like the folks on Capitol Hill might come to some sort of bipartisan agreement. But what's on the table right now is stimulus check and or the extension of the extra $600 federal unemployment assistant payment. So this this hits home for me. As I've told you guys, my dad lost his job very early um, into the pandemic, into quarantine back in March. Uh, earlier this year, he's a bus driver for the public transit system in Atlanta. And he was immediately furloughed. And he has been really relying on his state unemployment check, but also that extra $600 that the federal government um, offered to uh, the unemployed with the first iterance of the CARES Act back in April. So he is about to see that extra $600 go away, like millions of others. Um, it expires basically the end of this week. Um, and right now, Congress is just can't decide if they're going to extend it or not. Uh, but it looks like finally Mitch McConnell has come out and said, okay, maybe we don't agree exactly on how we're going to continue offering assistance, but they acknowledge that there needs to be some form of additional assistance for people, which is good. But of course, like conservatives being conservatives, what they don't want is to create a situation where people are able to collect with the additional federal unemployment assistance more money than they earned when they were working. Like, God forbid you give them an extra few hundred bucks than they were probably making before. And, you know, I don't know what why they're so, uh, you know, focusing on that. But, you know, they kind of hate all forms of social welfare. And they're probably thinking of this as a social welfare program because that's what it is. We need to help the people. Um 
anyhow, it's it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. I have I've read reports that say it could be three hundred dollars instead of six hundred dollars, but hopefully something happens. And if y'all ever wanted a reason to contact your local representative, your or your your state representative in Congress or Senate, like now is the time to phone them, especially if you're in a red state, and let them know that you're that let them know your story. If you have a story to share, the story of your neighbor or your cousin or your family, let them know that you're a real person, you have real stories, and we and we need this assistance. Yeah. That would be so helpful because I know like there there's just so many people who quite honestly need that. And so what happens if you're not able to work and there's no money coming in? And it's not a matter of, oh, well, I'll just interview for another job. It's like, well, not to say that there are no jobs to be had, but it's just such a crazy time. I I think we just can't leave people out here without some sort of help and assistance. Like COVID is not their fault. Pandemic, quarantine is not their fault. So Yes, please. Can we at least agree on that, that no one saw this coming Mm -hmm. and- it's way more than anyone's rainy day fund could ever supplement, especially with where we were at financially as a country when this all went down. Um, well, let's take a quick break and we will be right back to answer y'all's questions. Let's dig in the questions quake. The questions quake. That's like a, a tongue twister. The questions quake. Yeah. I, I yeah. Anyway, let's do that. Yeah. You're too talented. I can't do that. Not my thing. Not your thing. Not your jam. No. All right, be right back to answer your question. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Okay, let's wait. I'm gonna wait. I just said I wasn't gonna say it, but I'm gonna try. Let's crack open that question crate. Ooh, you did, I did it. it! I did it, <laughs> and I added an extra, uh, uh, an extra crack to that. Okay, we. How can we? How can they send us a question? I am very tired. I need to get it together. <laughs> Brown and Vision Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. You, you can, can also, also send DM us DMs. Us. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna Ooh, look at me. Tell, him, gonna tell actually, him. What? You can DM us at. Brown Ambition Podcast on IG. We love those. Um, yeah, so send your questions. So see, I, I remember co-host. those things. Yeah, that was like the podcast co-host version of like giving me just a shoulder to lean on as you drag me out of a bar or something like that. Just help, help, help me. And, or that's like the, the, it's like the version of like in in, in church. Um, you know, when like the little kid is singing and they're all nervous, and you're like, "Go ahead, baby. That's all right, babe. Go ahead, babe. You got it." Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's take a question from our good old fashioned email. This comes from a listener named Lauren. She says, hey, Tiff and Mandy, first, thank you for all that you do to amplify people of color, celebrate us and address the issues that affect us the most. Thank you, Lauren, for that feedback. We needed that. Lauren says, I was inspired by your show to open my first high yield savings account late last year. Love all the savings benefits it provides as we work toward our savings goals. But since the pandemic hit the U.S., I've seen the interest rate drop down to 1%. At what point should I be concerned with how low the interest rate is? Is there a point where I should remove my savings from that account entirely? Is it possible that interest rates can go negative and our high yield account will be charged? Thanks for your help, Lauren. Fair question. It is a fair question. I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to say that would never happen because I would have said that we would never be shutting down the country for a number of months. Um, But... It's still better than what big banks are offering. Your, you know, your high interest rate. Uh, I'm assuming it's probably with the online only bank if it's one percent. And I, it to me, this is for those of us oversavers. I am raising my hand. I am a, I am a uh, habitual oversaver. It is a reminder to not do so. So I have my six plus. Like I have more, like nine months, but whatever, um, of savings and anything above that. Honestly, I have been putting to work. Because what this really means is that if you have too much saved, you are losing money, period. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it should, because you should have savings. I mean, I actually have a friend who's like, oh, this is all the more reason I shouldn't have any savings. I should be putting all my money to work in the market. And I'm like, so if something happens, if you lose your job, if the car breaks down, if the HVAC system goes, what are you going to do? Like you should, you have to have some savings if you're able. I know not everyone's able to save at this moment, but if you're able... To me, at minimum, six months of what I call your noodle budget, your ramen noodle, if you had to eat ramen noodle, bare bones, essential expenses saved. Um, and then anything above that, like, you know, certainly invest. And if it, I mean, you keep your eye on your savings account. So if it does become negative, well, then- let's address that. Yes. I have some thoughts there. <laughs> yeah. So. This is a real concern. So right now, if you haven't been paying attention, the Fed has been slashing interest rates. This is what happens. I mean, the Fed's whole, one of its sole purposes is to try to bring um, normalcy, stability to the market. Um, so one way, they do, one way that they do that is they make the cost of borrowing money and lending money. Um, they can make it cheaper and more expensive. So when they reduce rates, that means as a saver, you can see your interest rates in your savings accounts going down. Um, and that's usually what happens as the Fed lowers rates, which is what they have done um, a couple times, uh, well, throughout this year so far. They're actually meeting next week. There's another Fed meeting. Um, they meet like every other month and they make another decision and announcement about rates. Right now, the rate is like, what is it? 0.25 to 0.5. It's super duper low. It's close to zero. And if they go negative, which can happen, the 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 question that Lauren has is one that probably any logical saver would have, which is, does that mean that my interest rate's going to go negative on my savings account? Logically, that would make sense. But in reality, that isn't likely to happen. That doesn't mean that banks will not try to make up for that lost revenue um, in other ways. I mean, banks still have to compete for business and they still need our deposits. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the money that we give banks, like they turn around, they lend that out. Like they're, they're, they're packaging those into securities. They have all kinds of ways to, they need our deposits to thrive. So um, the good news is that when they compete, that usually means that rates will stay, especially for online banks that have lower overhead costs, you could see rates stay. I mean, even at 1%, that's still 10 times more than, mm-hmm. I mean, 
and many times more than what you're going to get from a brick and mortar, a big bank. Um, so 1% is nothing to sneeze at. I know it's not the 2% that we were at before and sometimes higher, but it's still decent. It's still very decent compared to traditional banks. Um, what you may see, so it's very unlikely that banks will go negative, which means like you'll owe the bank money for saving your money, which is just dumb. That being said, you might see banks try to add fees or just get rid of interest on savings accounts altogether. They've already done this on checking accounts for the for the most part. Um, you know, if banks were offering any interest on checking accounts before rates have been lowered, it's very likely that they have reduced it down to nothing or just eliminated it altogether. And they might continue adding fees or creating new fees. So you should certainly pay attention and see how your bank changes the cost of the various accounts you have. Um, the good news is that there are sites, you know, we can do another shout out for Magnify Money, um, which is a company that I uh, currently, well, I used to work for, but then LineTree acquired them, but they're still, they're still our fan. We still do content for them. So Magnify Money is a great place if you want to compare savings accounts or compare any kind of deposit accounts. There are still a lot of businesses out there competing for your business and you should feel completely empowered to continue shopping, finding a bank that's not going to charge you fees where you're making the best possible return on your savings as possible. That was a lot. Did that make sense? No, no, it did totally. Okay. Basically like leave your money alone, girl. It's for the most part, it's going to be fine, but don't oversave. Yeah. Don't oversave. It's good to save. I mean, at a time like this, people who, you know, have that liquid have, it's just, it, it, it underlines the importance of having those cash reserves. This is money that it is your safety net for a reason. It's not the money you have in stocks or that you know in the market. That's for long-term goals. That's the money that you're okay with dealing with hefty swings in the market like we're having right now. And you you should feel okay because you know I've got my cushion. I've got my money in my savings, my FDI insured savings. Um, if the bottom falls out, I'll get up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per account. I'm covered. You know, this is the importance of that. And that being said, like Tiffany added, you don't want to oversave. But if you are saving, I wouldn't don't obsess too much over the fact that rates are going down. But do keep tabs on things, you know, mm-hmm. check the news alerts next week. We'll see what the Fed does. Um, I don't think they're expected to move anything um, or do anything drastic, but see what the Fed does and see what your bank does in return um, and make your next move based on that. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Lauren, for your question. Let's take another one. Let's see. And thank you for the the love as well. Put that in a comment on iTunes while you're at it. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. Oh, here's a good one. All right. This comes from a listener who'd like to remain anonymous. So we'll call her Holly. Holly says, hi, ladies. I've been working in the retirement plan industry for a year and a half. My boss has recently offered to pay for a certification program, which will help me move up in my career. This is a great opportunity. The problem is that I have no interest in this industry. I don't feel like I can turn down the certification program because then my boss will know I don't plan on staying with the company. My plan has been to look for a new job after my two-year mark. But moving up in my career here would move me away from my admin position, which I hate. Also, it would be a good backup to have these credentials since this industry is always hiring. But again, I feel guilty if I get the credentials and then dip. This has happened in my company before where employees have my boss pay for their education and then leave to a larger company with better benefits. How do I balance wanting to do the best for me and the guilt of feeling like I'm taking advantage slash misleading my current company? Oh, girl. Okay. Ooh, this is a juicy one. What say you, Major? Because I feel like this is not my wheelhouse. 
Right. Well, I do know, speaking from experience, that it became common practice for you know, relatively big companies to offer some form of tuition reimbursement or reimbursement for education, continuing education. It's one way of investing in your employees, um, just period, paragraph, investing in your employees. And it's also a way to, um, for your own business needs, you know, create more talented employees in-house versus having to go out and poach people and hire. And that all takes, you know, a lot of time. That being said, I would check what there's always there there's usually strings attached with that money anyway they may some some policies say we will reimburse you for tuition but you need to stay with the company for a year or mm-hmm. two years they will have a quid pro quo so i would check the fine print and if they have something there then that's your i mean that's your true um, reason for not wanting to sign up because it could be that if you were to leave within a year, like you say that you might, um, you may owe that money back to them. So it would be in your best financial interest not to take that. I, as a hiring manager, and you say you're in an admin role, I actually have someone on my team who's an editorial assistant, and um, <laughs> I don't know if she listens or not, but I love just giving her unsolicited career advice. And I've, I like, I'm, I, as a hiring manager, I know this is a role that. You're gonna. You can be the EA forever. You can be the admin and be great at your job, um, or you can decide that you want to move into a different path. And we're actually having career pathing conversations right now. And she and I are quite honest with each other. I'm like, you know, I, you probably don't want to be the assistant forever. You're great at your job, but like, what? Start thinking about what else you want to do. And I think your boss should be having those conversations with you. And I think that you should feel comfortable telling your boss, hey, this is an admin role. I've I and and I've been in it for a year and just be honest with them. Um, it's almost I, I, you 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 gauge it based on your relationship and the company culture. I feel fortunate to work in a place where I think you can be honest like that. Hey, I I at least as your hiring manager, I will know in advance. Oh, probably in the next year, I need to think about what I'll do when so and so moves on, or I can even better find help find her a spot at the company so that she's still here and still thriving. And she gets what she needs. And then, you know, I can replace her, hopefully. Um, that's that's my approach to it. You know your boss and your company better than anyone. So I would say feel it out. But ultimately, um, yeah, especially if there's some kind of clause where you have to pay that money back. I don't know that I would jump at that opportunity. And trust your gut. If your gut's telling you this feels icky to take the money and especially waste your time if you're not going to stay in the mm-hmm. industry you're in, then just don't do it. Just yeah. don't do it. I'm going to lean into that, that like, you know, that genius zone. It's like, it's, uh, do you really want, I don't know how long it takes to get that certification, but do you really want to spend that time and energy into getting something that you're just not, it's just going to be time away from the things that could edify, you know, whatever your goals and your dreams are. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're, your loyalty really lies with yourself. Like, what is it that what you know your ultimate goal and how does this play a role in it? I get it that you're like, oh, my boss is going to know. I kind of want to keep my hand close to my vest. But it doesn't mean that your boss is going to know that you want to leave. It's just that you're not interested in that particular path. That's all your boss would know. And you can make that clear that it's not like, oh, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're wanting to leave. Even if that's your plan, it just means that that's not a career path that you're interested in. You are allowed to choose your career path. Um, yeah. Yeah. So don't be afraid of that. Cause I, that happens all the time. Just myself as a, 
as an owner of a company that um, there are times when I've offered people different roles and positions and they've said no, because I've, I try to create an environment where I'm like, you know, is this something you're interested in? We have an opening. And they're like, nah, it's not really something I'm interested in. But to me, that's not an indication that they don't want to stay here. It's just that that's not, that's not the direction they want to go in. And honestly, I don't want anyone to work in a capacity that doesn't interest or excite them. I always say like our rule is that everyone deserves to work joyfully. Um, so that might not be your boss's philosophy, but just know that saying no to a specific direction doesn't mean that your boss has to think that you're trying to quit anytime soon. It just means you don't want to waste your time doing something you're not going to enjoy. Yeah. And I would just thank them profusely for mm-hmm. leaning into you, offering to invest, you know, think it through. Maybe there's an alternative type of certification that might get you to where you want to be, but could also be helpful for your job now. I don't know what other career path you're considering, but um yeah, just think it through and don't don't sweat it so much, you know? It, 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 don't don't sweat it too much. Um just be truthful and honest and honestly I think that they'll appreciate it. All right. What did I say I was calling her Holly? Okay. Thank you, Holly, for your question. <laughs> Uh, for again, you guys reach out to us with your questions, Brown Ambition Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on the gram. We are at Brown Ambition Podcast. And now it's time for booster break for all of you. made it. I know. <laughs> is you gonna boost? Is you gonna break? What you gonna do, Mandy? Well, real quick, can I just take a business break? Something I learned? Something really quick. I thought that would be great because I feel like you guys have Absolutely. Been... Yeah. So something I learned, not last week, but a uh, week before last, y'all know that I'm doing business coaching and it's been going excelente. And something that I learned that's, you know, not the dramatics of my normal, like, <laughs> I have to do better on the inside. Just something. Um, uh, so there is a phrase that Zion, my business coach, and his team say all the time, which is, um, don't solve the same problem twice. And what that means is he said that whenever you're solving a problem, um, think about scale. Think about not just solving the problem for the immediate need, but will this solve the problem for three times the uh, amount of volume or change or whatever? So I'll give you an example. There are 40,000 members of my Live Richer Academy, and we're like, oh, there's some things we want to fix. And so... Last year, we revamped the Literature Academy website, and now we're back again because last year there were 20,000 students, so we're now double. So we're solving the same problem twice because last year we solved for 20,000, not for 60, not for three times the amount. And I was like, oh. So even now that we're trying to solve the issues that we're having, and they're not bad issues, it's just that as you grow and you you know, things break as you grow. It's like outgrowing your clothes. It's natural. So now I'm mindful that we're not solving the problem for 40,000 members. We need to solve the problem for, will this solution help when we have 120,000 members? Because that's um, 40,000 times three. So that gives you the space that you're not solving the same problem over and over and over and over again. And so I just want you to think about that. Like, my sister um, is uh, doing PR work now. She's doing an amazing job and she's got I think she's got five clients and she was trying to choose some platform or something that she wanted to use. And I told her that and she's like, that was so helpful because I was going to get a platform for like the next two or three clients that would fit that. But she's like, now I'm looking at a platform that would allow me to grow to 15. That way she's not back at it two clients later, which might be in another month. And then there's a level of stress involved. So just keep that in mind in all that you do, that if whatever you're doing was multiplied times three or multiplied times 10, 
you know, does, well, I like to start with three because 10 is like a lot right now. It depends how fast you're growing. But those are the two core numbers. Um, is If that problem is multiplied, especially times three, does this solution solve that problem as well? It's like, and not to say problem, because sometimes it's just growth, you know? Like if, like, for example, the way the site navigates um, or the platform that we're using for our um, community, like, you know, if we're going to switch, will the switch manage 120,000 um, people? So it's just been really helpful. Like, oh, and so he... His team was like, you really want to make that part of your company culture that everyone is thinking that way. Logan, our content manager, is thinking. We were, I was just talking to her today because there's so I'm I'm getting so many like um, awesome media hits, right? Like New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Cosmo, and so it's like she's managing like how do we post them? What what do we post in what way? And I said, well, as you figure out a system, think about the system. If I was getting three times the amount of hits, and she was like, got it. So same thing with Tamara, who's our manager for the Literature Academy. She's thinking about that as it relates to our audience, or thinking about like um, I don't know, like I'm trying to think with somebody. If you had, if you were baking three times the amount of pizzas. If you were hiring three times the amount of people or whatever that might look like, um, I just think it's a really great tool so you're not constantly fixing, fixing, fixing the thing. You're not putting on temporary bandages. You're actually creating solutions. And so that was just a really good lesson that I learned that I want to pass on to y'all. I love it. That's kind of like thinking big and thinking growth. Mm -hmm. Um, I imagine the other side of that is you don't want to be too big. It's like, yes, I, I always think about that show, The Prophet, when they go to like, and, so, and like a, a home cook has like rented out an industrial yeah. huge kitchen. Yes. And he's like, what do you need this for? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So there's like, you don't want to go too extreme. Yes. Like, don't buy, you know, I, whatever. But, like, <laughs> but like, I get it. But that's why that times three is such a good amount, because times three is yeah, actually three. not that huge, you know. Um, but you're right. Like if you're a home cook, but let's just say you're cooking, I don't know, five dinners a week. Cooking 15 is not some crazy amount. It's like, oh, okay, well, what would I do if I had 15 uh, people to cook for? You know, what would that look like? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, yeah, but to your point, yes, you definitely don't want to be solving for like 100x because there are people who are like that. And you're like, well, that's great one day, but you're not there yet. Let's just think of three and potentially 10 if you are rapidly growing. Yeah, no, that's great. I love little nuggets. Freebie nuggets from <laughs> Tiffany's executive my, coaching. My, my $70,000 executive coaching. <laughs> yes. I'm like, y'all going to get little free nuggets. <laughs> I know. Y'all going to get these freebie nuggets. Uh, but yeah. Um, so are you going to boost or are you going to break? I have a special boost and I have a preview for an upcoming episode. I'm hoping next week or the week after we'll have um, this, this, fa this fantastic couple um, on the show. I'm super excited. Tiffany, you actually connected me to them. They're Christina and Aman, and they're, they're um, what do we call it? Their brand is called Our Rich Journey. They're mm -hmm. on YouTube. They're on Instagram. They are just incredible people. But I have to say, what, and this is a little insight into how the show happens. You guys know we don't have guests very often. When we do, I usually will do an interview with them just to see, you know, what can we talk about? Are they conversational? Is the vibe good, et cetera? So when Tiffany kicked me Christina's contact info, I quickly set up a call. I didn't put much thought into which day I set it up. I was just like, oh, I have a half hour here. We'll do it then. The day of the call comes around and Christina and I haven't had, you know, so much has been going on since the pandemic. Y'all know, baby at home, working full time, podcast, life is nuts. There's just, you know, we're, we're all in this grind together. 
So anyhow, the conversation rolls around. I haven't had time to actually do my do my homework, which is check into their YouTube prof- YouTube um, their YouTube channel. I hadn't seen it yet. Find out what they're all about. So I hop on the phone with her cold, and I we had the conversation, and I left the phone call thinking, okay, I'm gonna have to check out their YouTube channel and think a little bit more about you know what could we talk about with them for you guys because I see some potential here, but I'm not I'm not still super sure on the angle. Honestly, in my, my, on, my, on my side of things, I had the baby woke up from a nap halfway through the call. I had to grab the baby. It was the end of the day. It was an insane day. It was also one of the days in, that my husband was going into Manhattan, so I was on my own. And it was just not the right – it was not the right time for that phone call. Anyhow, weekend goes by. I look at their channel. I am in love. I have learned so much. You guys have got to go subscribe to <laughs> yes. our our rich or sorry, our yeah, our rich journey on YouTube. Have you watched Tiffany? Have you watched? Their, no, but it's so funny shows? because today I was talking to my COO and she was talking about, oh my god, I love this couple, our rich journey, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna be on the podcast, and she like fell out. So it's just it all comes like full circle. So it's it's just so funny well, because it almost didn't happen, Tiffany. Mm. They almost did not join. So this is what I, I got all excited this weekend and I emailed her, Christina. I'm like, listen, I finally I spent like hours watching your show. Love you guys. Here's what I think the show should be. Christina and I give her so much credit for this. She sent me an email back and she said, listen, I don't think I want to be on the show. Honestly, when I was talking to you, you didn't seem very interested in hearing um, interested in having us on the show. You seem disengaged. And she just gave me really direct <laughs> feedback on that conversation and immediately, like, my response was, wait a second, I need to tell her, what? No. <laughs> um, I need to explain to her where I was at on my side of things that day. So I – and I just want to – I want to give a boost to Christina because she gave me a chance to explain my side of the story. And I – and she was like I, – I genuinely responded to her. And I – first of all, I said, thank you for the feedback. I said, this is the feedback I needed. I am realizing – I'm at the – I am four or five months into this quarantine – I am starting to get burnt out. Some days I feel like hot, stinking piles of garbage. And some days I feel like a rock star. I apologize because you were on the receiving end of a garbage day for me. And that bad energy came through. And I, I imagine that a lot of us are out there and you feel these days and you you just are not bringing your best self to the table because there's just nothing left. Um, anyhow, so I didn't think that she was considering my side. Um, but I just, I just told her, I just poured my heart out. I was like, listen, I, I want you to know that that was a bad day. I can only apologize for how I made you feel. I've said this in the show a million times, that quote, you know, you can never change. People don't remember what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. Mm -hmm. I made her feel badly. I apologize for that. And I told her basically, give me another chance, please give me a chance. (laughs) And then she emailed me back right away. And mind you, she's in Portugal. I'm here in New York. We're in different time zones. And by the time we had like our third email, we were both crying. I'm like, Christina, why am I crying? Because she's like a mom of two children. And anyway, um, I just wanted to give a boost for if you have like giving someone the benefit of the Mm -hmm. doubt. And to be honest, Christina's email was not was not intended to like (laughs) it wasn't like she was asking me to tell her what happened. It was. But at the same time. Her giving me that feedback, even though it was not in her mind an open door for me to like, she didn't think I was ever going to respond. She thought I would just see that and just be like, oh, shit. Okay, well, that that woman's done with me. But I, 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 I saw that as an opportunity to, I saw an opportunity to tell my story and to see if she would be willing to hear it. 
And she was. And I knew we would get along because I had spent the whole weekend watching her channel. And I love her. And I was like, you are going to be my friend, Christina. And we have so much to talk about. You need to get over this real quick because we had things to talk about. Um, So anyway, Christina and I talked today. Everything is good. Um, I share that example because I think if you if you've had a poor interaction with someone, it is it, it can it's it's an act of generosity to give them that feedback and see what they do with it. And maybe you'll learn something about them that you didn't know that makes you rethink that interaction as well. Because I think that's what happened. I'm not trying to put words in Christina's mouth, but I think that she hadn't really put herself in my shoes. And to be fair, I didn't give her a chance to. <laughs> I just was, it was just, she just caught me at that bad moment and that was it. Um, anyway, so I, I love that we were able to see each other's side and it, it just, I wish there was more of that happening in this world right now. I feel proud of both of us for how we handled it. And I already told her, like, we're besties now because we've already had our first friend fight. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that. And I love that she was like really direct because I'm not going to lie that, you know, I am still working on having the honest conversations. And yeah. I guess my um my mind is going to be more of a break because I had not something similar, but it didn't work out as well. But I felt, well, I felt, I guess, semi-proud of myself how I handled it. There was a um, a, a professional, oh, I don't want to say friend, but somebody that I kind of know um, introduced me to somebody via email. I was like, hey, this is my colleague, such and such, and she wanted to connect with you. So that was kind of like, eh, number one, which is like, I make it a habit not to connect people without the pre-tap on the shoulder, you know, mm-hmm. because I don't know if you're available, if you're free, if you're whatever. It's like the equivalent of when you were a kid and you brought your friend to the car. You're like, mom, can you drive my friend home? Meanwhile, the friend is standing, looking. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's What's awkward. your mom going to say? <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's what that looks like. Just so you know, like when you're introducing people, please reach out to the person first to make sure it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so that happened and I was like, oh, okay, fine. You know, so... Um, it was presented that it was like I, the woman who I was being introduced to had something that she created that would, you know, potentially be um, something, a, a, a good resource for my audience. And so we got on the phone, connected, um, and, you know, I was just sharing kind of like what, how I built my company for like about a good hour. Because I always like to see other women, especially black women, um, do well. And I was like, oh, this was good. And then she asked for additional access. And I was like, wait, What? I just spent an hour on the phone and I didn't do what Zion always tells me to do, which is to draw boundaries. And I was kind of like, um, okay, well, how about in this way? And it was like, no, I'd like to access. I'm trying to be vague enough. So I'm not identifying. No, I'd like access in this way. So she was clear, but I was not clear. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe. So she connected with my admin again, got on my calendar again, um, and I thought it was all good. And then she reached out to my admin about continued mentor, like a mentorship. And I was so confused because my admin was like, How did she sign you up for a mentorship program? What I tell you, <laughs> without your Mandy, consent. I was so confused because we have, you know, we have that mentorship program, which we have not enacted yet. So I know some of you have emailed me. It's just been so crazy where I said, Remember, I was going to do, and I still am going to do this, where one, one team meeting, um, one lead team meeting a month that we're going to donate to helping a black woman in business, like just like an hour and a half kind of like crash mentor, like hour with someone. So we haven't started that yet. So I thought that's what she was talking about. And I was like, oh, well, that hasn't started yet. And we kind of already have a waiting list, but you're you're welcome to join. This is my admin writing her. And she was like, no, 
I'm talking about like, like, you know, putting me on her calendar again. And she's like, you're on her calendar for this later date. She's like, yeah, no, again. So when I tell you flabbergasted, and I guess she got so frustrated because my admin couldn't understand how you wanted to be booked for a third calendar event when the second one hadn't even happened. And she's offering <laughs> you mentorship in a way that is like appropriate. And so she, the woman wrote back and was like, hey, obviously Tiffany is not interested in growing through partnership. You can go ahead and cancel that appointment. So now I, I oh God, I know. And honestly, Zion was like, so she canceled the appointment. I was like, he's like, you don't get any points for that. I'm like, ah, man. He's like, Tiffany, that's wildly inappropriate. You, yeah. It's okay to draw a boundary and say, hey, I don't have the capacity. You know, he's like, you gave her an hour. He said, did you write the initial person back? And I did, and which normally wouldn't have been me. I was proud of that. I wrote her back and said, hey, that this interaction didn't work out and um, that there was a um, an expectation that I wasn't able to meet. So it was met with resentment, um, which was quite honestly disheartening um, because, you know, I work a lot. I'm already overextended. Um, and I tried to extend myself further, but it wasn't enough. Um, and the only thing I was mad at myself is that I apologized at the end. I was like, I apologize, it didn't work out. I'm like, why are you apologizing? You didn't do anything wrong, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still learning. So I wrote her that. And I just so, oh, in the future, if you ever want to connect me with somebody, I would appreciate like a courtesy pre-email um, to see so I can gauge ahead of time if I have the capacity. And so she wrote me back right away. was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry that this person- Oh, um, so you emailed- the person who connected you yes. to this woman without mm-hmm. your consent because she was complicit in this yes. whole situation. Yes, yes. Okay. because also, too, I wanted that, I'm sure that if said person could, um, the one who wanted me to mentor her could be this aggressive via email, I can only assume that she was going to go back to our uh, mutual person and drag me, you know? So mm-hmm. I wanted to not drag her, but to be clear. And I didn't, you know, um, drag her. But I was clear that, you know, that it was, you know, it was her behavior basically was inappropriate. Uh, And so she wrote back and was like, I'm so sorry that when she approached me to connect with you, it was not in the mentorship capacity. It was because she has this awesome resource and thought that it could be a partnership. Uh, But I see that that was not so. So, because that was not her intent, obviously. That was her way in to think that she was going to force mentorship on me. And literally nothing could be more... Um, out of alignment. You cannot force someone to mentor you. You cannot force your way onto someone's calendar. Um, So if you're wanting mentorship from someone, typically it's more of an organic relationship that you build over time. And, you know, because there's like, you know, there's like a friendship there almost. So I have two hardcore mentees that I speak to quite regularly. And I have some like about three loose mentees. Um, And it's really like, organic. Like, you know, we just started talking and I really liked them and I would pour into them and I would see action taken. So it made me pour even more. And so now we talk fairly regularly, especially one mentee. We talk, I would say uh, sometimes once a week, sometimes more. Um, so I don't mind mentoring, but it would it would have to be in alignment. And it's certainly not like, you know, twisting my arm behind my back. So yeah, that was like my brown break about making sure uh, one of the things that Zion says is clear is kind. So if you're wanting something, um, being clear, one, in your boundaries, if you're not wanting something, but also being clear in in if you're wanting something so someone can decide up front if 
if it's going to be a fit for them um, because clear truly is kind. And so, yeah, I just thought like, so that's my brown boost of like, you know, people um, being gangster in my email, <laughs> trying to demand time. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, is she, is she quitting me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's just a different, yeah, it's slightly different. And I, and I'm, I'm, I think in that case, you definitely made the right move by reaching out to the connect, the, the one who connected you guys versus sending something snarky back to that woman. I don't know. I I told Christina, I was like, five years ago, what would I have done in, in response to that email? I can't tell you, but I am proud that I am open enough to criticism myself. I know I'm not perfect. I know every interaction I have, I am not a win, winning star. I told Christina, like, there's sometimes I drag myself to brown ambition and then Tiffany levels me up and I level up because of Tiff and we bounce off each other and I and I, and I become the better version of myself. Um and I think in, especially in these times, in these circumstances, people are being tested in ways they have never been tested before. And, and I consider myself to be extremely resilient, very resourceful, a badass working mama, okay? But even I can be burnt out and not be my best self. And if you're in a situation where maybe someone wasn't all there, I would say, and I'm trying to do this too, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt, ask them if they're okay, like you know, we all just need more to treat each other like, you know, from a human, a place of humanity um, and a place of generosity. And I think you can tell a lot about people when you open up to them and you share a bit of your story and how they take that. And um, anyway, I'm very excited. Christina and Aman are fabulous. You've got to go subscribe to their YouTube channel, Our Rich Journey. They retired at 40 years old and they are living in Portugal with their two daughters. They are from the Bay Area. They have a fabulous story. And they're going to talk to us about even during a pandemic, because the way that they retired early was the magic of investing and mm. truly leveraging. It only took them eight years to save multi-millions of dollars to retire early. And they are extremely smart. They did it all themselves. They don't have any knowledge. Excuse me. They haven't acquired any knowledge that we couldn't get our damn selves. And they have been generous enough to share their stories and to share you know, lessons that they've learned with, with their audience. And... Honestly, especially when it comes to the FIRE movement, the financial independence retire early, how often do you see a, a, a brown Black. face? Mm -hmm. Very rarely, let alone a, a couple. Um, with so kids at that. With kids. So it's like all the excuses you have to not strive for this level of <laughs> badassery, like you ain't got them. You got kids? Okay, they got kids. Uh, you know, it's they have a, they're just, mm, I, I, I want to get to know them better. And I'm, I'm really glad that. Um, we were able to to get back on the same page. And you guys will be hearing from them very soon, if not next week and the week after. Um, Christina and Amon, and again, Our Rich Journey. Ow. Oof. All this in introspective work and yes. self-reflection and growth. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Okay, growth Oof. is exhausting. But it's worth it. It does. I just feel like I'm, I've become a much better, kinder person this year. I do. Um, cutthroat is great and it gets you certain places but if if there's one thing between motherhood and this pandemic and um career growth i just feel i just know what the world needs we yes we need badass people who get shit done but we mm -hmm. also need kind people generous mm -hmm. people empathetic people listening people mm -hmm. and if we can just have more of that i that is what i am going that's that's how i've grown this year and and it's you know, literally, the, I feel like the literal is the opposite for me. That like I have grown in setting boundaries and mm -hmm. being okay with saying no 
And that's why I think we make such a, a good, like, yin and yang. <laughs> because it's something that, like, I need. Because, uh, you know, I, it, without it, um, it's like... Well, I don't. I know. I always say Zion, but what Zion calls an integrity breach. So I want a thing for you. I want joy and I want laughter. I want all that for you, but I don't have that for myself uh, because I overextend myself in the in from fear of saying no because I don't want to disappoint people. And it's like, well, that's an integrity breach. I can't ask for you to have joy and then don't seek joy for myself. So, like learning how to have boundaries and being okay with people being upset with me. Um, so yeah, that's I've grown in that way. So it's just you know, there's there's harmony and balance that needs to be had either way. I don't think you know, overly yes, yes, yes is a good thing, and overly no, no, no is a good thing. I think somewhere in between, and I think we're learning and growing and getting better and cuter. On our grown ish, you're about to see if we're getting cuter when the when we we update our podcast. Yes, <laughs> you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tiff. All Man, right. has this been the longest recording in Brown Ambition history? I I love you for it. Let's, without further ado, goodbye. Bye. Please go get some rest. I'm going to do the same. Thank you guys for listening. Like us in iTunes. Or what do you do in iTunes? Leave a comment. Yes. Leave us a five-star rating. Tell a friend. Post on Insta. Do all the things. Help us get Brown Ambition out there. Thank you so much. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.